Hello and welcome to Not Your Mother's Library, a reader's advisory podcast from the Oak Creek Public Library. I am Rachel. Due to some scheduling issues, Leah won't be joining us for this episode of the podcast. And while we miss her dearly, she should be back for the next one. As you can guess from the title of the episode, today we are going to learn about 3D printing. You might not know this, but the library actually has a 3D printer of its own, and you can send us print requests. Before I get ahead of myself, though, I am super excited to welcome a special guest. She is the Technical Services Librarian at OCPL, and therefore our resident 3D printing expert. Welcome, Joanne Seward. Hello, listeners. (laughs) If you've been tuning in to Not Your Mother's Library for a while, you may recognize Joanne's voice from an episode that aired in early 2020. She was our special guest for Mamma Mia! and more musicals, wherein we recommended some of our favorite movie musicals to promote the Musical Sing-Along Nights program that is unfortunately on hiatus right now due to current COVID-19 health and safety restrictions. Super bummer. It really is. The pandemic has brought on a temporary halt to all of the library's in-person programs, but there are plans in the works to see at least some of them resurrected this fall season. So keep an eye out for those. In between, the library does offer plenty of virtual and takeout programs, not to mention all of the cool services that you can utilize on a regular basis, which is my terribly smooth transition into da-da-da-da, the world of printing. 3D style. That's fantastic, and I love it. The more cornball, the better. (laughs) Okay, so as Rachel said, um, I'm the technical services librarian here at OCPL, um, and I have had to teach myself how to use a 3D printer. Before this, I knew that it existed, but that was (laughs) about it. Um, so it really was a bit of a learning curve. So we actually got the printer, uh, in May of 2019, which feels like 8 million years ago. It really does. (laughs) Um, and it actually took us until January of 2020 to make it available to the public. Um, so I had to kind of test things out and make sure that I understood how the machine worked. Um, and the kind of basics. And then also we had to figure out how you guys um, were going to actually request things. Um, so it just took um, more time than I realized. <laughs> so, um, and then I also wanted to make sure that we had a good uh, kind of um, what I like to call the 3D printing library. Um, so a selection of various 3D printed uh, items that you can kind of choose from. So, so giving you kind of some different ideas of things um, that the 3D printer can actually do. So um, in July of 2021, so this year, um, we had our busiest time so far um, for requests. Um, so we actually had 20 requests in one month. Wow. Which maybe doesn't seem like a lot, but it felt like a lot. (laughs) It most certainly did, yes. So, and we also, we get custom requests, and sometimes those requests can be one piece, it can be two pieces, it can be five, it can be ten, it can be thirty. So, (laughs) Quite the jump between those numbers. (laughs) So, so that also makes things kind of a little bit uh, 
more interesting. It's a good so. word for it, interesting. A yeah. kind word. <laughs> so. <laughs> Joanne is actually the person who put together the 3D printer page on the Oak Creek Public Library's website. This includes all sorts of useful information from which filaments we currently have available to full-color examples of every item that can be requested through that 3D printer library that Joanne just mentioned. Those include size measurements as well as gram totals if you would prefer to know that sort of thing before making a selection. So visit oakcreeklibrary.org 3D-printer or navigate to the same page from the main services drop-down menu. This page also contains a link where you can request a 3D print via an online request form. Just fill in the required information and you will be able to pick out an item from the library or request one of those very super special, ultra awesome custom requests. <laughs> so at this point, I'd like to point out uh, Rachel is being very modest and she actually oh. put all of this information on the website. Yes, I created the content, <laughs> but Rachel had to, you know, that, get it all formatted. That is true, although it feels like so long ago now. Yes. And then Rachel also created the very awesome request form, which is a <laughs> lot of work. It, it, it was quite a bit. We run that one <laughs> off of the city website, and it is very formulaic. I'll have you know. Yes. So that, that in its own uh, thing is, is a skill of its own, basically. <laughs> well, so. thank you. You're welcome. Um, so as far as requests, like who can request things, etc. cetera. Um, so for Oak Creek residents, you can request one free request per month, as long as it's under 100 grams. Um, so if you request something that's over 100 grams, sorry, you have to pay for it. <laughs> that seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then if you are not an Oak Creek resident, so if you live in like Franklin or South Milwaukee or one of our neighboring friends, um, counties and et cetera, um, then it would be five cents per gram, which is really not that much if you think about it. No, I think that's really inexpensive considering what other places sell it for. Yes. Yeah. You can go online and request somebody that prints something uh, like 3D prints something through these you know, various different websites. And some of the requests um, can get very, very pricey. Mm -hmm. So I think ours is definitely a, a bit more reasonable than, than others. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've actually had people come to us specifically for that reason, that they were going to get something printed elsewhere. But then they found our site and found, oh, it's five cents per gram. Well, that's you know, great. And so we've gotten quite a few requests actually in, in that manner as well, where it's cheaper to have us do it. So well, there's a good promotion if ever I've heard one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's kind of cool is that 3D printing library. I've spent a lot of time. Yes, she has. She's very <laughs> dedicated. Um, coming up with the different kind of categories of items um, and then finding these free um, designs. Um, and so they were on open source websites, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and and so I found these designs and I was trying to find ones that had kind of a good range so they could really see what a 3D printer is capable of. Um, yes, it can make toys and bookmarks and you know, that's <laughs> really cool, um, but it can also do uh, more functional things. Um, we have a person who puts in regular requests, custom requests, and they're things that he designs, um, and they're actually for his car. 
So he's made like a tire pressure valve gauge thing. I, I don't don't ask me about cars because I have no idea. Really? <laughs> Couldn't tell. Shush. <laughs> so, but it's actually really cool to see it utilized in that way. That's what I feel like a 3D printer really is, mm-hmm. is to make these things that don't really exist. Yeah. So, so that's really like a cool concept that um, has come about with this that I didn't originally kind of think of. Very cool. I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. We'll throw right at, one right in there. So for the 3D printing library, there's actually 86 different requestable items. Oh, wow. Where you've already got that many? Yes. Oh, I, I had no idea it was that many. That's crazy. <laughs> yes, I went through and I counted. You know, there's six categories mm-hmm. of items, and I tried to do a dozen or so in every sure. every category. So That's a lot of variety. Yes, so I had to test every single one of those and print them and make sure that it worked um, and then create the files for them. And, you know, it was just it was a process unto it itself. So... Well, one that you are very good at completing, if I might say so. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually thought it would be kind of cool to talk about what some of our favorite 3D print requests have been over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really like the pink PETG filament color. One of the cutest prints that you can request through the library is called Balloon Anime Character Statue. And it looks phenomenal in pink. Which we all know what that really is. Yes. If you go on our website <laughs> and look at it, you'll, you'll figure out what we're talking yes, about. Yes, please look at the picture reference on the website. <laughs> we, we have to rename certain things due to uh, <coughs> legal reasons. But um, <laughs> it's very obvious what it is when you see it. Yes. And be prepared for your eyes to start sparkling because it is so adorable. <laughs> I also recommend the butterfly bookmark and the cat ring because they too are delightful. Yes, they are. Um, and I'll point out um, when we were talking about the grams. So for the cat ring, for example, that is like literally one gram. Yeah, it's tiny. So, you know, if you are a non-Oak Creek resident requesting them that, then it would be five cents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like the unicorn bookmark that Rachel mentioned, I think is maybe like 20 grams. It's not very many because it's so thin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and probably even less than that, honestly. So a lot of these are really, you know, even if you have to pay for them, they are really, you know, reasonable. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. Um, I would say one of my favorites is actually one that I just... Uh, finished printing. Um, so I added it to the 3D printing library. I had to swap it out. Um, that was a trial and error thing. <laughs> so we had a piggy bank of sorts that was like a little block with a question mark on it. You'll, you know, that's what it was. Um, and it was very tricky to print. Um, and it was very large and it took like 15 hours for it to print fully mm-hmm. and etc. Um, so I went looking for another piggy bank, and so I found a piggy bank that is actually a pig, <laughs> and it's in that pink filament that, mm-hmm. that Rachel likes so much, <laughs> but it's super, super adorable, um, and it's kind of cool because the body of the pig prints um, in two halves, so the left side and the right side, and then they kind of snap together hmm. after it's done printing, and then the head is a separate piece, and it actually kind of slides onto the body. Um, so that's how you actually get the money out. So you just slide off the little pig's head, and then you can dump out the money. <laughs> and then he can put his head back, and he's okay. Yes, you don't have to break <laughs> him with a hammer. Please don't. <laughs> um, so I really, I really like that one. Um, nice. 
one that I've printed in the past uh, for a staff member, because that was also something that I that I did before we made public the 3D printer, is I asked um, various staff members if they wanted something 3D printed so everybody could request one 3D printed item. Um, and so one of our coworkers, Amanda, who works in the children's department, um, she wanted, uh, I'm just going to say the name, don't sue me, please, Groot. <laughs> <laughs> from the Marvel franchise. Um, so it was like little baby groups and he was sitting down and he had his arm up. Um, adorable. It was super adorable. And, you know, we got this perfect brown filament that, you know, just matched what he looks like in the movie, I think. Mm -hmm. and, and it was so, you know, it was such an adorable little thing. Nice. Um, so, and then I've, you know, personally printed, um, from Bob's Burgers, once again, please don't sue us, um, the Coochie Kopi yes. nightlights, because that's, everybody here knows my obsession yes. with Bob's Burgers. <laughs> so, of course, I had to personally print one of them myself, and I used the glow-in-the-dark filament, because um, very had to keep cool. it true yes. to the actual thing. <laughs> so, um, so those, I think, are some of my favorites. Um Oh, and then another thing from the 3D printing library that I really like are the is the Flexi T-Rex. <gasps> yes, and we have a Flex Fish as well, I think. Yes, a, yeah. it's the like a fish bones is yes. like his fossil or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the Flexi T-Rex is actually a really, really cool thing. So it's basically separate individual pieces. Like his body is maybe, I don't know, eight pieces, but they're all connected. It looks a bit like vertebrae. Yes. Good, good way of describing it. Mm -hmm. um, so it prints all as one thing flat on the bed. And then when you, you have to kind of scrape it off with like a little, like, you know, scraper, basically. Mm -hmm. um, once you scrape it off, it actually it kind of disconnects a little bit. And then you can flex at the different points um, on the vertebrae, so to speak. Yeah. It's actually very, very cool and very interesting to see how it does that and how it can still be kind of flexible. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a couple of things. So the flexible ones are really cool, and you can search for them. There's a ton of them on different custom, on different uh, open source and sure. custom websites. Yeah. Um, if you search for the word flexi, F-L-E-X-I, <laughs> then you will find there's a ton of them. <laughs> I did a flexible shark also for Leah, who oh, is not yes. here right now. Um, <laughs> so. So there's a ton of different ones. Um, but the ones, yeah, that can kind of move are actually really cool. Um, there's a Harry Potter pendant that I made um, with the, like, the triangle and the circle. Um, oh, like the Deathly Hollows. Yes, yes, thank you. I couldn't think of the word for a second. I was enough of a nerd for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so what's cool is, once again, that prints as all one piece and then you pop it off the bed and the ring in the middle actually rotates oh very cool so i think it's yeah it's we have something similar in the library don't we have the gyro keychain yes yeah so that um is three separate rings so the rings it prints all of the rings um once again and then you pop it off and then you can move the rings mm -hmm. kind of within each other yeah i also have a star one that's like that where it's uh basically the same idea it's a bunch of different like four stars i think that so like big star and one inside of it and one inside of it you know like that um and then once you pop it off you can rotate the stars yeah so so yeah, those those kind of things always kind of amaze me a little bit. They're really fun fidget toys. Yes. Yeah. So so those are um, those are probably you know my my favorites. Very cool. All right.
I was slamming my fists down on the table. I don't know if that carried over into the recording. We'll see. Let's get specific. <laughs> we thought it might be helpful to discuss some of the more technical aspects of the 3D printer. For instance, the kind of machine that the library has and some of its capabilities. This is especially important when it comes to requesting custom prints, because those are limited by size, port types, and so on. We have a Lulzbot TAS-6, which, when we purchased it, was lauded as being the most reliable, easiest-to-use desktop 3D printer ever, featuring innovative self-leveling and self-cleaning. Ooh, so fancy. <laughs> You'd think. But, uh, listeners, if you are interested in obtaining your own 3D printer, I don't think that either of us would recommend this one per <laughs> se. Not because it's bad, but because of the huge price tag. Yeah, I, there are definitely other 3D printers on the market um, that are much cheaper. Yes. So, you know, you can get, you know, a 3D printer for like $200. That's not horrible. Um, and even like the Lulzbot um, TAS-6, there's a Lulzbot Mini. So the difference is the printer um, bed size. Mm -hmm. So, you know, imagine like a chessboard, not quite as big as that, right. is what we can print right now. Um, and then, you know, imagine like a square baking pan, you know, it's, it's just a mm -hmm. very, you know, the size of it is just smaller. That's yeah. how it works. And if you're just starting out and you don't plan to print a lot, I definitely recommend a smaller model yes, for, <laughs> for sure. sure. Um, it'd be kinder to a smaller budget anyway. <laughs> Keep in mind too, that at the library, we receive a lot of requests, more than what an average user would handle. The TAS-6 itself is hardcore in that regard. If you are looking for something on that level, like Joanne said, there are newer models anyway, so you'd be better off. Regardless, be aware that the library's machine has a maximum print area of 280 by 280 by 215 millimeters, which is 11 by 11 by 9.8 inches. That is fairly large for a space to work with, but by no means is this the biggest model on the market. No, um, there's... When I was looking up pictures of 3D prints, because um, I wanted to put one on our website um, so that you could see the Lulzbot, Tab mm -hmm. 6, and et cetera, um, there was one where it was a different printer model, um, and it had a chess piece that I swear was probably knee high. Oh, my Lord. So <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not our printer folks. <laughs> that's not what we're able to do. <laughs> By any means. Um, and you can only imagine if, you know, that chess piece probably took somewhere in the range of like five days to oh, print, yeah. would be my guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah, ours is definitely um, a, a more mid-range is, is what I would call it. Absolutely. Yes. As far as other specifics go, uh, keep in mind your filament type. At OCPL, we have PLA and PETG. Um, and all of the filament types have kind of pluses and minuses mm -hmm. um, as far as use, and it kind of depends on what you use them for. Um, so I, I know our recent, one of our most recent requests, um, the person really wanted it to be PLA. And I think the reason behind that is because it's easier to sand and therefore paint. Sure. So she wanted to make, you know, custom, right. you know, make this thing and then be able to, you know, paint it how she wanted and et cetera. Um, and then the other person who does so many custom requests from us, um, <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he always requests PETG. Um, and I believe that's because it has like a higher, um, it's more durable, I believe. So if it, you know, can handle being, you know, by extreme heat, et cetera, and, and still be able to, you know, handle it. Interesting. Basically. Yeah. So, and I know that some are like more flexible and some are more rigid. Um, for a time we had ABS filament, um, which is much more rigid. So if you, you know took something off of the, um, you know, something printed in ABS on the plate, and then you popped it off with your little spatula. <laughs> um, if you hand took your print in hand and you kind of wobbled it a little bit, it almost would crack even at that point. Yeah. And that's not what you want. You don't want your piece to come <laughs> <No>. completely <laughs> apart. <laughs> um, so we no longer have any ABS. We, we phased it out. Yes. Thank <laughs> goodness. <laughs> so... Um, we do have some cool filaments. Um, so we do have a glow-in-the-dark green right now. Um, and we have, um, they're called Edge Glow. Um, so we get all of our filaments from this company now called Village Plastics. Um, and so they have some really cool different filament types. And the Edge Glow is supposed to be like when you have natural light hitting it, it's supposed to kind of give a little bit of a glow to it, mm. which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that, and we have one that has kind of like a shimmer to it. The, we have like a white that has like a little bit of a shimmer, like a opalescent kind of shimmer going on. It's very it. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then we have one uh, that Leah in particular um, thinks looks like the old Coke bottles. So that kind of bluish green, oh, yeah, kind of yeah. transparent looking. Um, so, so we do have a couple of really cool filaments. Um, I wish we were at the point that we could have different filament types um, in even further than that because there are wood filaments yes. out there. Um, so they actually have wood shavings in the actual plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, once something is printed, you can actually sand it like it as if it was wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it even smells like, so if you get the cedar one, it smells like cedar when it's, you know, Oh, printing. I didn't realize that. Yes. Very cool. <laughs> they even have coffee scented filaments. I mean, we're not going that crazy <laughs> right. with this. I've, I've heard they, ha- don't they have magnet filament as well? Yes. Yeah. They have, yep. It's a magnetic. Uh, magnetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, you can print something magnetic and then, you know, have it stick to whatever, um, there are other metal kind of, uh, ones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I think is really kind of awesome is a water soluble filament. Um, and the main reason that you use water soluble filament, um, is when you are printing something with supports. So supports are meant to be removed. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of them. So like the little, the Groot statue that I was talking about where his hand is kind of sticking out. Just mm-hmm. imagine like a kid with his hand sticking completely out. Um, there's nothing underneath that hand. So the 3D printer, it prints layer by layer by layer by layer. Mm-hmm. It can't just go across to where the hand is and print in midair. Right. Gravity yeah. does have some sway over this. Correct. It just <laughs> doesn't work. So what you need to do then is have supports. Luckily, the 3D printing software that we have can automatically put in supports. So it's not like we have to really think about it too much. Thank goodness. It's hard enough as it is. Yes. <laughs> um, so it prints what's called supports, which is basically just imagine kind of like a little pillar underneath that hand. 
And they're fairly thin so that they can break away pretty easily once you're done with them. Correct. Yes. And that's when you need like a little scissor or like a little clippers kind of tool Mm -hmm. um, or something like that, a file, in order to take those pieces off. Um, So the water-soluble filament, though, is really cool because if you have, um, there are 3D printers that have dual um, nozzles. Mm -hmm. So that means two filaments. So you could have, like, let's say you would print a rose the stem the stem could be green and then the rose could be red very cool so you can actually have multiple colors going in you know really at this point it's two colors (laughs) rather than two is better than one exactly (laughs) um but if you do the water soluble filament so like for the baby Groot statue you could do the supports in this water soluble filament and then when it comes to the baby Groot, you could print in a normal PETG or PLA or whatever you want to print it in. And then once it's done, you pop it off and then you dip them in some water and then it's gone. The sport is completely gone. Oh, that is awesome. So you don't have to do any cutting. Yeah. You don't have to worry about how it's going to look after it's removed and, you know, worry about sanding it or mm-hmm. whatever or or worry about breaking things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had supports <laughs> from people that, you know, they requested things. Um, and, and when I went to take off the supports, I actually snapped the entire piece in half. It is a hazard. <laughs> so, which is why, just so you know, listeners, when you request something, if it has supports, you are responsible for taking off those supports. For good reason. We don't yes. want to damage your goods. Correct. <laughs> and if you damage it, then it's on you. It's not. <laughs> Not on us, and we have to reprint it and try it again. Yes. And chances are, too, we're not as intimately familiar with the print you've sent us as you are. So we're not sure what parts may be support and other parts are actually the print itself in some cases. Um, So that's why we leave it to you. Yes. And that's actually the one that I was talking about um, was from our boss, the library director, Jill. Dun, Um, dun, dun. (laughs) She requested a... um, Plants versus zombies, like a little plant uh, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, you know, the little plant head on a little tiny neck t- connected to a little tiny leaf body. <laughs> um, and when I was cutting away the supports, I almost couldn't tell where the body began right. and where the supports ended. So I spent multiple, like at least over an hour trying to cut away all of those supports. And then I snapped off the head. And then I accidentally snapped off one of the leaves. (laughs) Well, and again, our printer only has a a single extruder. So it's all one filament color, which makes it even more difficult to tell. But the nice thing with the filaments is that they are customizable to the point where you can sand them if you need to. You can paint them whatever colors you need to. Mm -hmm. So sky's the limit. Yes, and there's a lot of different finishing options out there. So if you, you know, go on Google and search for, you know, finishing for PETG or PLA, you know, depending on what you want printed, um, there's lots of different, you know, people's recommendations about different, there's chemicals that you can use to like dip it in to get it to like really be smooth rather than kind of the layered texture that it ends up being. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of different uh, kind of things that you can look into with that. And I think it's worth mentioning that you do have the option of designing something from scratch, or you can download files from an open source website, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, Or in some cases, you can purchase files from a professional designer. Uh, The 
that might get a little out of your budget, depending, but it is an option. They, they are not <laughs> cheap. <laughs> I it, tried yes. looking for one for um, for one of our um, one of the musical sing along nights. I wanted a little printed koala because I thought that would be so adorable as like a giveaway. Because mm-hmm. um, I did giveaway baskets at the end, like raffle round baskets at the end. Oh, musical sing along nights, we do miss you. So oh, yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> so. But when I looked it up and I, and I didn't want a huge one, like maybe two inches high, um, I think like 200 something dollars was one of the, you know, quotes that I got and whatever. Like, that is insanity. No, I'm good. So I found a, a knockoff koala <laughs> that I could live with. Non-name brand koala. <laughs> that, was, that was cute enough. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is fine. <laughs> I don't need to spend two hundred dollars on this. That that's my entire budget for a right. year. <laughs> um, do keep in mind, though, listeners, that we can only accept STL or G code files. We don't have a lot of flexibility outside of those. Um, we have that information on our website and the request form. But if you forget, we will contact you and remind you <laughs> because we, there's simply no way around it if you send us a separate file type. It won't work with our software. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So we use um, Cura, which is the software from, you know, that it gets downloaded through the, you know, from the little spot. Um, people and uh, it only will take those two file types the .stl and .g code mm-hmm. so no matter you know if you send us like a .vsg which is really more for um, because those are meant for more like die cuts and you know like the cricket machines and things like that so mm-hmm. we've had people actually try to send us those files in the past and it's just not compatible it just gives us that red angry error message <laughs> and that's it <laughs> the one that I have nightmares about <laughs> So it has to be .stl or .gcode. Sorry. If you are looking for some file types that will work, uh, we have a few open source websites to recommend. Joanne, did you want to talk about these? Sure. Um, So the two that I use pretty much exclusively for the 3D printing library items, um, the big one is thingiverse.com. So it's thingiverse.com. Dot com. I will add a link to the show notes. There we go. Um, I will say that the website is not the best website I've ever used in my life. It can be kind of slow. Yes. Yeah. It has it has very commonly uh, some loading errors. <laughs> <laughs> so there are times where I go on there and it just will simply not work. <laughs> um, and I don't know if it's just because so many people post their things to this website that it sure. just can't handle the kind of traffic that it's getting. I, I don't. I don't know honestly, but. But I'm not going to bash it because, like I said, I've gotten some awesome, awesome files off. It is an excellent resource. So I would say for the 3D printing library, about 85% of those items are from thingiverse.com, so these Mm -hmm. open source websites. So you can download, so you can actually, when you send us a request, you can just put a link in the request form. Um, and then we can go to that specific page and then actually download the files from there. Yeah. So um, the other website that I've used uh, for the 3D printing library is called 3dupanddown.com. So it's 3D up, the letter N, down.com. I will also add that one to the show notes. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, so that one also is like a little bit hard to search for things on. Thingiverse is a little bit easier to actually type in a search term, you know, like koala and be able to find it. <laughs> the faded koala. Yeah, I know. I can't let it go. Um, <laughs> whereas uh, the 3D up and down is is not as great, of, uh, you know, in, in that regard. Sure. <clears throat> but there were a couple of things. Um, I think I actually found some things on Thingiverse and it, the creator was like, Oh, find my stuff on 3D Up and Down. So I had to go to that website in order to actually download the files for that. Um, which, you know, each each their own. Sure, cool. You know, and then I could see that they had a ton of other cool things yeah. that they had posted. Awesome. Um, but so the, those two in particular are great open source websites that you can use um, people's files. There are other places. There are other websites um, there are some websites that have like a mixture where some of them will be free and then some of them you have to pay for. So it just kind of depends, you know, what your budget is and, you know, what you're looking for. So while downloading files might be easy, the printing process can be somewhat difficult. <laughs> I thought it would be interesting for you listeners to hear about some of the most difficult prints we have handled to date at Oak Creek Public Library. You might not expect this, but I think that some of the toughest custom prints we receive are for minifigures, also known as miniatures. Think along the lines of an action figure, but smaller and a lot more detailed. People often paint these for use in tabletop games such as Dungeons & Dragons or Warhammer. The issue doesn't necessarily have to do with the printing process itself so much as cleanup because these miniatures often stand upright and hold teeny tiny instruments like swords or shields, they tend to require a lot of supports, which we talked about earlier. Again, these print just fine, but when it comes time to break off the supports, things can get precarious. Which is why we don't do it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We leave it to you. They are extremely fragile, so if you just go in and try to snap off a cluster of supports, you might take an arm or a leg with it, literally. Um, Because of that risk, again, we usually recommend using tools like jewelry clippers, files, sandpaper, or even a Dremel to remove pieces a little bit at a time and fine-tune your creations. So um, I think this is really forefront in Rachel's mind right now because we did get a print request for a miniature. Yes. And it was a lot of work on her. (laughs) (laughs) There were issues with the file itself. Um, And the problem is with... 3D printing, it's not as fine-tuned as it's going to be. I mean, in 10 years, it's going to be nothing like what it is right now. Think of regular printers and how those have evolved over time and how amazing they are nowadays compared to when they first came out in the, what, 80s, 90s? I mean, probably earlier than that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They were slow and they couldn't do a lot. Yes, and, you know, only black and white Mm -hmm. and, you know more dots so you can literally see how dots made up right. the actual letters <laughs> and everything else like that um and so you know imagine now where we're at with printing you know multicolors and all of this you know awesomeness mm-hmm. and so it's the same kind of concept with 3d printer and just like how we were talking about how right now we only have one nozzle so you can only do one color in time there's going to be a variety of nozzles and you can do a variety of colors so that you can have a mixture of colors in your print Mm -hmm. so that's definitely you know something i think you know once again 10 15 years down the line how it's going to evolve um so yes the um the, the miniatures are definitely 
trickier. (laughs) They look good um, if you go to an open open source website and find them, like on Thingiverse. They look good in the pictures. But keep in mind that you're looking at the file image as it would be on a digital display, not the actual print. (laughs) Yes, and and that's different. a very good point, is that the Thingiverse files, you want to look at the file, like look at the actual page um, and see the pictures that they have. Mm-hmm. If they only have pictures of the file, like it looks very obviously kind of softened edges and it looks like it's in a 3D yes. modeling software, then you might want to be wary of this mm-hmm. because sometimes people just create these designs and throw them on there and it's not necessarily really made for a 3D printer. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be made for more like a resin printer, you know, that can do kind of those finer details and look softer. Um, so sometimes you can get things that are miniatures and because of the layers, because everything is printed as a layer, it just doesn't look as good. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So it just... It's helpful to that, especially sites like Thingiverse. Oftentimes users who make or end up printing those files will add on their own images to that post so that you can see examples. But keep in mind too that everyone's printers are different and they use different filaments, different infills. So what you see in an example might not be what comes out. And it's also worth it to look at the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Thingiverse has um, multiple pages and, you know, it has information about the file and, you know, the creator's comments that they made, you know, and they might say like, oh, do such and such supports and do this, and, you know, do that and do infill however much, you know, et cetera, all this kind of detailed information. Mm-hmm. Um, But then there's another tab for comments, and that's other users. So people that may have tried to print these items and then have had issues with them. So if you go and look at the comments and you see, you know, there's 13 comments and all of them are pretty much bashing whatever (laughs) this person made, (laughs) then maybe you don't want to send that file to us. A.K.A. please don't, (laughs) because the odds of it failing are high then. But we'll still try. Correct. You know, in the end, you're the one paying for it. <laughs> yes. And, and we're not miracle workers. Right. A lot of this is, you know, we just load it into the software. We do, we do a little bit of, you know, finagling sometimes yeah. um, with like what we're talking about, the infill, which is how... Um, dense? Yeah, dense is a good word. Um, the inside is. So imagine the inside is all... Um, so let's say you're printing a round circle. On the inside of it, there has to be something on the inside. Sometimes an object can be hollow, and that's fine, as long as it's not, you know, in the middle of nowhere kind of hollow, (laughs) because then everything will kind of collapse in onto itself. Right. But with a circle, it's rounded, so the edges are gentle, so you don't have to worry about doing supports. A gradual slope. Exactly. Um, Yes, if it's like a 55-degree angle, then it can print without supports. But if it gets past 55 degrees, then you need supports. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's going to start to have issues and ultimately fail. Right. So let's say I was doing a circle um, that was filled on the inside. Typically, it's not completely solid. So if it's 100% infill, then it's completely solid, like a softball. You could throw that thing and you would hurt somebody really (laughs) bad if you threw it at them. Solid. And it would take forever to print. That is true because it's doing layer by layer by layer mm-hmm. by layer and it's 100% With no gaps solid. in between. Yeah. Exactly. So 
you can do all the way down to, you can technically down, do down to 0% infill, but typically, normally our um, normal is 20% infill. Mm -hmm. And so what'll happen is it, make, it prints basically these X's, imagine, just a bunch of X's that are all connected to each other. So at 20%, the X's are bigger. So there's not as many X's in your little circle. Mm -hmm. But if you print it at 40%, then the X's get smaller. And there's more of them. And then you print it at 70%. And then there's a ton more X's. And they're even smaller. So that's what infill is. So everybody kind of has their own recommendations for infill. Um, and based on their... Um, so like if you go to Thingiverse and look at a file, it'll probably give you recommendations saying like, oh, this should probably be printed at like 20% infill or mm -hmm. 40%. Um, a good example of why you might want to do a higher infill, I printed a doorstop, and it was a little cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I printed it at our usual 20% infill, so it printed the inside with those little X's, but, you know, they were kind of bigger X's, mm -hmm. so that it wasn't taking up as much space and filling it all in. Or taking as much time to print. Correct. And so I printed that, and I used it for a door. And the door immediately closed shut because it was so light. Mm -hmm. It couldn't hold the weight of the door, actually. Even with me wedging it for all that I could wedge it, it still would just swing right back closed. Mm -hmm. So in the end, I had to up that cat doorstop. I think I ended up doing 70%. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it took quite a bit longer. I think it added maybe like two hours, two, three hours to the printing But it time. needed it, right? Yes. But that was kind of the magic number for us um, that <laughs> was able to actually hold a door <laughs> because the weight of it was heavy enough. So that's a good re um, example, I think, of the of the infill and you know why the, those things are important. Absolutely. And these are all things that I never knew about before at all. I never. Well, why would about. you? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> um, and these are just various things that I've learned with now having had this three D printer for two years. And trying to, it, it's just trial and error. It really is. So there's various things that you never know about until it happens. Mm -hmm. And then you have to research like, okay, well, why is it stringing across weird? And why are there gaps in between the lines? Mm -hmm. and why is it doing this? <laughs> and why is it doing that? And Rachel, why is it doing this again? I don't know, Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a constant, it's a constant battle. Some yeah. things are definitely easier than others, that's for sure. Um, but there have definitely been um, more difficult ones. And I feel like, um, I, don't, I don't know if the more difficult ones are necessarily the miniatures. I, I think things with more supports, though, are definitely, you know. Tricky. Tricky, yes. So, but what, but what scares me the most, I guess, so please don't submit something like this. <laughs> Not <laughs> even as a joke, listeners. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, in all seriousness. Um, we will deny your request. <laughs> well, we'll we, try we it, but won't. then we'll deny it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, are the very large things. Mm, so, yeah. you know, I, I had, um, I've had one or two people actually ask me like, oh, what's the size of the print bed? Like, what are the, you know, max dimensions? And when they say that, I practically want to weep. <laughs> because that means that they're thinking of some prints that they want the max dimensions of. Yes. 
And I just can't. I can't. Well, and, and we have had prints that people have submitted that surpass the size of the print bed that we've had to say either, do you want the smaller or, sorry, we can't do it. <laughs> yes. And keep in mind that if it is the size of the print bed, then that means that you're paying for it. Like, no yeah. offense, but you're paying for it because that's going to be over 100 grams mm-hmm. if you're an Oak Creek resident. No matter how little infill you use with it, just by way of being, it's gonna you're going to end up paying. <laughs> yeah. And and the print one of the print requests that we're working on currently, it is a total of 30 pieces, which... Okay, fine. You're, you know, testing our, you know, knowledge a little bit here. And our metal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but once we kind of got some of the errors and kinks out of the way, now we're really rolling around. Um, and we have, I think, three pieces left right mm-hmm. now. Um, and it's been less than two weeks. You know, so we always try to get everything to you guys. I mean, sometimes we can do it the next day. I'm not going to promise that. Right. Um, we say that within two weeks is usually, you know, when mm-hmm. we'll get it to you by. And if it's going to take longer than that, we would let you know um, when you submit the request. Mm-hmm. Um, but having to do, so this print that uh, this patron requested with these 30 pieces, well, that ended up being $42, I think, mm-hmm. total, which is the largest print request, single print request that we have ever gotten. <laughs> We're reaching all these milestones lately. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a big, you know, these the July and August have been big months <laughs> for us. <laughs> so so that's um, been, you know, kind of, yeah, scary, but interesting. And there's been a lot of... Um playing around with the files because our filaments were giving us issues and the humidity has an impact on filaments as well. And even though we store them with, what is that, silicate packets to keep the bubbles out of the filament, they still get exposed to air and apparently now uh, they expire as well, which is great. We think we're not we're not a hundred percent sure. Mm, don't know what else it would be, but <laughs> well, my guess is before we knew any better, back in May of 2019, we were purchasing. We were so filaments. young and not bitter. <laughs> yes, um, we were purchasing these filaments and not storing them technically correctly. Now we have like individual like you know little, airtight containers. Yes. Um, and we use the silica gel, um, little packets in there to try to keep it, you know, completely you moisture know, dry. Free. Yes, exactly. But I think one or two rolls of filament are still left over from that May 2019. And the one that we're talking about, I think, is a leftover. Yes. So it probably, you know, didn't do it any favors by being stored incorrectly. And then, and then trying to be like, oh, just kidding. And now we're going to store you correctly. <laughs> So. Whoops, hope it's not too late. Yeah, I think it was too late. But <laughs> So that has been hellish to deal yes. with. Um, but, but luckily, at least with that one, that one. so every roll of filament is one kilogram, um, and it is definitely down mm-hmm. very, very much. Yeah. It, you know, so it's... We get to replace it soon. Yay! Correct, yeah. So it's not like it's a complete waste of, you know, and one filament reel costs about 30-ish dollars, Give or take. Sometimes you can find it for a little bit cheaper. Sometimes a little bit more expensive. Um, so at least we're not, you know, wasting thirty dollars right. on one whole reel that we were not able to use. Mm-hmm. So we used about ninety-five percent of it. Yeah, that so, is very true. So that's been good. <laughs> um, I I want to point out um, something before I forget. <laughs> um, that one of the more interesting. Things that I've printed recently uh, happened because of COVID, actually. Oh. 
So I've, I've never felt more of a sense of civic pride than when I was 3D printing face shield parts and right. um, yeah. the ear protector pieces. So on our website, if you look at the bottom of the page, you'll see all the different things that you can request from the 3D printing library. And above that, there's a little section for COVID items. Um, so we have the ear protector, which is, you know, for your mask so that it's not going completely around your ears. Mm-hmm. You know, all the nurses and everything were getting rubbed raw because of their masks mm-hmm. being around their ears for, you know days constantly yes exactly um so the ear protector kind of extends it a little bit farther out so that you're not putting the actual bands and pressure on your ears um and then the face shield part is imagine like a little headband sort of except instead of going on the uh, on the top of your head it goes around your forehead basically and back mm-hmm. like a visor like a visor thank you rachel <laughs> <laughs> i studied english for a reason there you go <laughs> Um, so what, and then all you need to do is, um, have, we actually used, uh, the binder protector. So those clear plastic sheets, you know, like eight and a half by 11 clear plastic Mm -hmm. sheets, and then you hole punch them and then you can put it on this headband piece, the visor piece, (laughs) um, and to create a face shield. So yeah, during the crazy times, the crazier times, (laughs) With COVID um, in like July last year and, mm-hmm. you know, around that time when we were closed for the big bulk of time, everybody was working from home for the most part that was, you know, working for the library when they could, you know, for the most part. And I was here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Running the 3D printer day and night. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so I was printing the face shields. I did probably, I think, four in a day, maybe, those the visor pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went to like local, um, like nursing facilities and to the EMTs and firefighters and even the police, et cetera. Yes. So like I said, I, I felt the most civic pride you of should. my entire life, <laughs> even though I did not create the design, I did not come up with the idea. <laughs> I literally just went to the printer, switched it on and did the buttons to select it to print. Three times, four times a day. I was going to say, you did it quite a few times, though. (laughs) Quite a few. Yeah, I think, I can't remember what the statistics are, um, but I probably printed, no lie, like 200 face shields, I think. yeah. So, and the ear protector is not as many, maybe 100. That was something that, you know, wasn't quite as needed as as the face Mm -hmm. shields were. So, but that was a really kind of cool... um, Application. Correct. Yeah. Was you know, for this, for the 3D printer was to be able to print these, yeah. in, you know, in a very big time of need. Yes. We, we do like seeing the toys and the decor and stuff, but if you can find practical uses for the 3D printer, that's even better. Yes. And, and even like toys and stuff like that, but that are custom made, so, mm-hmm. you know, things that, that's what I find the most fascinating now are things that people actually created themselves. Um, so like the custom print from the guy who's doing all these modifications from his, for his car, he is going into modeling software, like CAD actual modeling software, um, like SketchUp or, you know, whatever source that he uses. And he is creating these files and then sending them to us in order to print so that he can modify and improve his car, you know, et cetera. So I think that that's, you know, just a really, really 
cool feature of this and really the fundamental, you know, basis of the 3D printer is being able to print something that you wouldn't have, you know, been able to get otherwise. That's so awesome. Yes. And I think that is where we will come to the end of the episode. Please remember to visit the show notes section to find more information on everything we just talked about. You will find a link to the 3D printer page on our website too, and also some of those open source websites that Joanne mentioned. Subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what you hear. As usual, feel free to reach us through the Oak Creek Public Library website or Facebook page by sending a message to at Oak Creek Library. Until next time, happy reading. Toodles!